So uh, this studio used to be part of a church, you know. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> we walked in through a building yeah, that yeah. looks very much like a church, which makes it very atmospheric, doesn't it? It but does. It yeah. has been deconsecrated. What do you What do you have to do to, to deconsecrate know? something? I don't know. I don't Swear. like to like wear we on it or something like that. I don't that. like to think. What do you have to do to consecrate something? Because <laughs> yeah. it would be the reverse have of you, that. Georgina, Get a vicar to swear. Have you ever weed in a church? <laughs> I don't even want That's, to think about no, that. No, don't ask me that question. This is Monkey Fingers <laughs> at the Crypt. <laughs> yes, this is Monkey Fingers at the Crypt. I'm Brian Luff and I'm here with the ruggedly good-looking Mr James Shakeshaft. That is accurate. <laughs> and the extremely well-appointed... Georgina Salby. I'll take that, thank you very much. Our guests today are comedian Alastair Beckett-King. Hello. And musician Tom Bright, who's sitting over there in the corner, raring to go. And pressing the buttons in the box is the highly technically gifted Mr Adam Stokes. Hello there. Yes. Hi, Adam. I just read that. I didn't. It's not true, but... Well, I he wrote the intro, didn't he? <laughs> show you my qualifications. So we're going to kick off uh, straight away on uh, this uh, week's Monkey Fingers with things you wouldn't tell your mother. Things you wouldn't tell your mother. So things you wouldn't tell your mother. We ask uh, all the guests on Monkey Fingers to uh, come and tell us a story, something horrific that they would not <laughs> dare tell their mother or indeed any loved one. Uh, over to you, um, Mr Alastair Beckett-King. Have you got a story for us? I have I have racked my brains on the entire journey from South London to Crouch End for uh, something... That, the, the difficult thing for me is I have things I wouldn't tell my mother, but in the Venn diagram of things I wouldn't tell my mother and things I wouldn't put on a podcast... <laughs> It's a circle, basically. <laughs> it's not that many things, but it, it's um, so. The, the difficulty is, you know, I uh, I don't drink, uh, I don't do drugs. Um, I, I've I've been with the same person for about four hundred years. I've, nothing interesting has ever happened. I, I've never had an adventure or, or even a single hijink. So it's it's very hard to come up with something. So the, the best I can do, the, if I'm honest, the thing that I wouldn't tell my mother is she has a, a, a range of books that she likes and will recommend to me which have sort of watercolour covers, and they're all, they're all called things like um, The Gypsy's Kiss or A Tinker's <laughs> Promise. And she really likes them, and they're all about sort of Scottish history, they're sort of historical romances, and they're full of interesting facts about, you know, the culture and the, the, the lore and the mysteries. And now that I'm describing them, they sound extremely good. <laughs> and, like, I would like them. I want to read them. But the front covers have really put me off. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell my mum that I'm not going to read those books, but in reality... <laughs> I mean, she's got the internet, so she could easily download this podcast <laughs> and find out that I have been nodding along to her descriptions of those books. How, how many have you pretended not to read? I think there's a lot of them in the series. I, right. think, I think I'm currently pretending about 12 to 20, <gasps> I think. Because these kind of books, they just knock them out, don't they? You yeah, know? they do. There's just they millions do. of them. Is it sort of bodice-ripping? It's, is it kind it's of not slightly... as sexy as oh, I may have implied, okay. uh, as right. far as I'm aware. I don't think yeah. my mum is, re is recommending soft pornographic <laughs> literature well, to maybe, me. Maybe she is, and that's the thing. You like, don't even know yet, Maybe though. she's noticed how uptight my, my life is and how lacking in hijink, and she's saying, just get a little bit of bodice-ripping in, in, on the scene. Kiss a gypsy. Come on. <laughs> do you know what you do there? If you lend someone a book and they say, yeah, you've got to read this, you've got to read this, and they say, yeah, I will do, you always write a note in about the hundredth page 
to that person you've lent the book to. Oh. And that way you can check to see if they've read it. Oh. So you don't even know if your mum has done that note. Well... I, I you should a, just flick oh. through them quickly and just check that she hasn't written, like, hi, Alistair, halfway through it. Well, I, I got in trouble in the past for, for exactly that reason, because she lent me a book called The Little Book of Calvin, and I, <laughs> I would never read a book in the little book of yes. genre of book. Okay. But it's not a little book. It, it's actually a collection of uh, old sort of Scottish phrases, and, and when I did read it, it turned out to be brilliant. Um, <laughs> so it's just a collection of it's Scottish phrases, which, which are all in the... You know Private Fraser from Dad's Army? I do. It's just all things like, um, oh... Don't do that. It's just different, <laughs> different ways of saying, ah, the devil will slap you in the head. It's just, it's just, it's just absolute abject misery, which both she and I delight in. Did she, did she rumble you again by giving you this phrase book oh, oh, and then use some of the phrases? Yeah, yeah, she, said, she, yeah. Uh, she, she must nice. have because she knew because I hadn't read it and she said, you haven't read that book? And I said, how do you, you know? So, yeah, 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 she must have probably slipped her, all oh, the devil's toes will be trickling down your back or whatever it was. <laughs> I don't know what the phrases are. I didn't remember them. Not there were really certain Scottish. certain books, thinking back to when I was a kid, there were certain books that we kind of expected to read as kids, like the Observer Book of. Mm. You remember the Observer Book of? Yeah, I had the Observer Book of Leaves. Trees. Oh. Oh. And bats, birds, astronomy. I think there were I had literally the birds. Yeah. hundreds of them. And, and we felt obligated yeah, yeah. to read them as, as kids, I think. As we did with the Ladybird uh, books, you just had to read the whole lot. And do you remember I Spy books? Oh, yeah. I, oh. My generation was I Spy with David Bellamy. I spy on a car journey with David Bellamy. Which he was sorry, I've read that in the wrong order. He was yeah. he was part of the book. He didn't accompany me on yeah. to be honest, any that car. That sounded journey. a bit you tree, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the way you said it. Yeah. Yeah, I it was Because when I was a kid, if you filled up your I spy book of mm. and say say cars, for example, you had to spot a certain type of car, yeah. a certain colour of car. Mm -hmm. And when you filled up the book, you had to send it off. To Big Chief I Spy. David Bellamy. And Big Chief I Spy would send you a feather. You would, and it was a, cover, a coloured feather. It actually came through the post. Wow. I never wrote in them. Really? No, I had a real, I have a real, a, a real aversion to write, like even like puzzle books and stuff. Mm. I wouldn't write in them when I was a kid. I didn't write my name in any books. I didn't like to deface a book. That's so, so you're... Tip yeah. about when you know Writing you turn something inside, very yeah. very generous into almost an evil test of personality. Oh, um, I'm I would sorry. never be able to do that because so, I. So what you're saying, you wouldn't even write in a book that's purpose was yeah. to be written. No, in. No, I wouldn't. Wow. Or I'd write it in very soft pencil so I could rub it out <laughs> and reuse it. Perhaps I don't know. That's very oh, that's things. quite sweet of you. I used to get my mum and dad used to buy me coloring books, and I used to find them really boring, and I never coloured them in. I only added other images in black and white next to the black and white images. Cock and balls. <laughs> Alastair, was the I Spy book uh, before your time? No, it wasn't. Uh, but I think the only... I think they'd started to branch out a bit um, by, by my day, which is probably about the same day as yours, James. But uh, the only one I had was the I Spy book of dinosaurs, which is really... <laughs> and I didn't write in it, but for different reasons. <laughs> That's deep irony, isn't it? <laughs> dear, oh dear, oh dear. That is very nice. So, moving on to Georgina's enjoyable world of knowledge. What have you got for us in your enjoyable world of knowledge this week? Lovely Georgina. Something I discovered this week is a fruit called the pine berry. 
Um, and it's a white strawberry that tastes of pineapple. And I'm just wondering why people don't just eat pineapple instead of making a strawberry taste of pineapple. And I wanted to know, am I the only person who thinks that's a weird thing? Well, a white making strawberry. Just... one fruit tastes like another fruit. I understand it's easier because relating to the whole dinosaur thing, a, a pineapple is a fruit with a layer of dinosaur crust around <laughs> the outside, isn't it? Mm. Mm. But you so can't have a white a well strawberry. Fruit. You a can. That's an underripe yeah. strawberry. Yeah. Is that such someone's eating no, an underripe strawberry? But the fact that a strawberry. strawberry is red is a given, surely. Isn't well, it? not if it's a pine berry. It could be very off-putting to have a white strawberry, Georgina. <laughs> no. You wouldn't if you I put the cream. Hold on. No. You put the cream on it. You no. wouldn't be able to see oh, the strawberry. Yeah. My the... argument is not with the colour of the fruit. It's, it's not a strawberry, it's a pineberry. My argument <laughs> is why are you making one fruit taste like another fruit when the other fruit tastes of that fruit yeah. and you don't I, need a fruit that tastes of it? I agree. When it comes to fruit, I, I don't see colour, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but it does sound very much like, you know, like in the later series of The Simpsons, like the ones that are on now where they've just run out of ideas. Yes. And <laughs> so they're just reusing the same flavours for fruit. So just would it, do you remember the jazz apple? <laughs> the that, jazz apple. The jazz apple, apple fad. No. I like yeah. a jazz apple. It's about the fruit you're not eating. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but that's what now we I learned about this the other day, and it's something that's why back uh, when everyone in the world had bought a car, mm -hmm. that's why you bring out a new type of car of the same make to in make people buy another built car. Built in obsolescence. Yeah, built yeah, in yeah. obsolescence, yeah. and all computers in and white goods have them. And fruit. Yeah. So is that and why they're bringing so out a white strawberry? Yeah, yeah. Is that why fruit goes rotten then, just to yeah. buy new fruit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What it's a, built what in. A, what a cheat. Have you seen the? I, I've got some like I've got some grapes from 1993. And the, <laughs> the battery life on those is awful. I've upgraded the iOS, but yeah. Yeah, because they were well. Basically, they were talking. It was a program, and they were talking about light bulbs, and light bulbs last forever, basically. Oh, so yes, they've the, had Osram to... Corporation yeah, yeah. in the twenties. There was. This is why. Sorry, this is one of my things. Yes, I hate yeah, conspiracy yeah. theories because yeah. they're all about like how lizards control space. But yeah. there's a real conspiracy. Yeah. Some German light bulb manufacturers got together and said, "We're going to make light bulbs not as good as they are." Yeah. Don't tell anyone. And yeah. it works. Yes. And no, that's that's what conspiracies are like. Just yeah. people trying to make more money by lying they, they about light said that they, It was something Thank like you. they said they'd go pop after a thousand hours or yes. something like that. And that's what the new light bulbs thing. Yeah. So the do now. You get more. You don't get more than a thousand to two thousand hours on any light bulb. And to prove the point, one of the oldest light bulbs in the world is still going. And there's a webcam, everybody, so you can see it. But one of these oldest light it's been going for 150 years. Well, plugged in constantly. Yep. Oh, my stepdad would not. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh. No, I know. Oh. I know a few granddads that wouldn't have agreed with that. As this well. reminds me. Are you using it? Are you using <laughs> it? I know. Have you left that room? Have he you left have, that he room? He would have got the German <laughs> yeah. sign. It's over. Yeah, Brought yeah. him all the way down. Yeah. Got him out of bed. Yeah. Brought him down. <laughs> this. Sorry, are you in here? Yeah. I, I am know. now. Oh, I know. Georgina I had know. an oven which she had had for how long? 15, 20 years? Uh, 20 years. Something like 20 years. And it stopped working and Georgina went and bought a new oven and she mm. felt very guilty as they took the old oven out because it had served her well, it yeah. had stopped working. Turns out all that had happened is the f the fuse had gone in the plug. Oh. Right? Seriously? Oh, yeah. It was like an old relative being sent I off. I felt so yeah. guilty. And I know. Now, the, uh, this week... I don't know if anyone else watched it, but I found a new programme called Cupcake Wars. 
Oh. Cupcake. What? No. Cup do you remember what channel wars. it was on? Just I like Robot Wars. Do not. <laughs> in, a, in a weird way. Oh, so I'm on board. Oh, oh yes. You see, if it was cupcakes fighting, that would be brilliant. It was two. It was two chefs. And it was American, and basically I thought it would be a bit like our lovely Great British Bake Off, where it's very relaxed, you watch them make a few cakes, you go, oh, that's lovely, you've got to buy cake in to watch it, that's mm. how it works. This was the American version, <laughs> and basically they yelled at them that they, ha they had four hours to make a thousand <laughs> cupcakes <laughs> that screamed, happy birthday, Tiffany! Jesus. And they went and they, they, they had a group of four people with them and they made a thousand cupcakes each. It was agony to watch. I was really quite perturbed by the end of it. You see, you know the showstopper in Great British Bake Off, the great big cake that they have to make at the end? Mm. If they had to make a thousand yeah. of those, <laughs> exactly. that really would be something to watch, wouldn't it? What is the most fairy cakes you would even consider making in your wildest oh, no. dreams? Three or four, maybe? Six? I like that you're... Six tops. Not yeah. calling them cupcakes, you're no. calling them fairy cakes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the original the name. Yeah. What, uh, the, British. the British version. Were they working together in this? No, they, they, there was one person against another person and they had a team of four people to help them make the cupcakes. In this war? Yes. Right. Well, it wasn't really... Well, it kind of was quite serious, so it was a war. And then someone won and then they ate the cakes and Tiffany was really happy because it screamed happy birthday. But, I mean, have you even right. seen a thousand cups? No, cupcakes? it was very grand. It's a huge, ridiculous it's a, amount. It is an... In, it's an insane amount of cupcakes. It's like the Americans take it, like you say, take a lovely thing like the Bake Off yeah. and turn it into something that makes you feel uncomfortable <laughs> and slightly dirty. How makes you feel like you want to go and shower after watching the programme. Are you a fan of the cupcake, Alistair? Well, I think the, the thing that you've described that, that antagonises me is the, is the fake time pressure that TV yes. shows have yes. to have. Like, yeah. I used to well, always watch Time Team, but in Time Team it's always like, so we've got three hours <laughs> to, to find a whole lost village. Yeah, but the hill's not going anywhere. We've got to find the village. The necessity of television production means it has to find it now. Yes. Yeah. Or I'll, we blow up the mountain. <laughs> Archaeology <laughs> war. Yeah. That, it's, it's just, no, it's not real. It's just it's still going to be there. Yeah. Relax. Tony, Robinson like, of Time Team. And also, the, uh, as a final, um, I found out this week that in order to play TV for three hours, you have to recycle one glass jar, and that's enough to watch TV for three hours. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful if we all had to collect jam jars so that we could watch television? So Ooh. we'd all have to sit there with our jam jars, and every time the television went off, we'd have to recycle. What exactly jam is jar. the mechanic there? How do you convert a jam jar into electricity? What's the? I'm now you're. What's the engineering me of it? Oh, presumably, it's the, sa the the energy saved by not making a new jam jar. Oh, it it's to. enough to. I think. Power. It's, I mean, I watch a lot of TV, and I eat very little jam. Yeah. So <laughs> this could have Which a gives you a very small impact. jam uh, footprint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've okay. got time for one more enjoyable piece of information before we move on. Okay, I thought I would mention this then, as we have a lovely musician, Tom, in the room. Uh, spare well, a to thought. be fair, we don't know he's lovely yet. Not yet. No, no, he could be. No, 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 no. I've established he's a Derby city, a Derby, county. Oh, Derby County supporter. We'll that bit so there. sorry, sorry. <laughs> I apologise. Eight thousand Americans are injured by musical instruments every year. Wow. 8,000 wow. Americans. Do we have a breakdown of which instruments <laughs> yeah, what's the most? do the most damage? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the breakdown. Maybe I'll bring it for next time. I'll write Triangles. a little note. Yeah, Triangles, what, drum. What, okay, Tom, what's the, most, what's the most likely instrument you're going to injure yourself on, do you think? 
Anything xylophone, <laughs> or anything that's plugged in, presumably. Because you can oh, electric! Yeah, yourself. Shock, yeah. Right. okay. Be, it's got to be bagpipes. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's got to be disgruntled audience members <laughs> taking those bagpipes, and audience members like there's ever an audience for bagpipes. A disgruntled passers-by there taking is, those bagpipes. There is bagpipes. always an audience for bagpipes because the sound travels. So <laughs> I'm a huge bagpipe fan, but you, you, you don't really get a choice with bagpipes. It's no. a non-consensual instrument yeah. <laughs> how did he die <laughs> the amazing thing about the bagpipe is that we think of it as almost a, a, um, a legendary beast don't we and yet when you get off the train at Waverley Station in Edinburgh and I go up every year for the festival and I'm sure you guys do as well the first thing you hear really is bagpipes mm. as you get off the train there's a bloke that stands on the corner of Princess Street at the just at the uh, exit of Waverley do playing all the time. So it's the first thing you hear. Now, I, I must admit, it's not a, a sound that I'm not well, that enamoured with. Is, is he playing it when the festival isn't on? <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. Is it like on, like about like mid-November? Well, it's where all the buses come in from yeah. the airport. So and he doesn't yeah. like bus drivers. Well, <laughs> no, I think he's just, they want the first sound you hear in Scotland to be the bagpipe. It's, a, it's quite an ins, insidious thing, really. I like it because the first thing, well, I've had exactly that experience, you come off and the first thing I, I, I hear slash see is the man playing bagpipes and usually... Uh, a, a Scottish drunk singing along, <laughs> and that always makes me feel quite yeah, at home because yeah, yeah. I live in London, and yes. the drunks are Scottish here as well. So it's, <laughs> it's quite homely. Uh, and on that note, let us move on to uh, Desert Island Don'ts. So in Desert Island Don'ts, it's very, uh, it's a very straightforward premise. This item, what is the last thing in the world you would like to join you on a desert island? In other words, it's the complete opposite of, uh, of desert island discs. What's the last thing in the world? Georgina, you want to go first this week? Okay, um, this week I'm not going to take onto the desert island uh, team building exercises. Team building exercises. Yeah, everywhere. Is there anyone in the world, apart from the people who make money organising team building exercises, is there anyone who has ever benefited from a team well, building exercise? I have to say, I quite enjoy them. I've worked no. for a few companies where you have to go and clay pigeon shooting or... Or you go around on a uh, on a track in a in a uh, some kind of little cart go kart. I love it, and you get paid for it as well. What's you know what's not to like? The only good thing is that you're actually on work hours and you're being paid to do stupid things. But I think they violate your dignity, your privacy, and your personal space. And I feel quite strongly that I do not want them or any part of them on the desert island. You with ever me. been part of a de any no, kind of team building thing? It sounds like a basically a salaried stag do <laughs> only it isn't no because you have to do it kind of is okay i'll explain the one i was on and one of the first tests we had was there was a group of about they put you with all the people you don't know and need to get to know within a company it was a big company i won't mention who and the first thing we were given is a whole load of bamboo poles some string and an egg and we had to say, the competition was which group could send the egg the furthest in this field. And basically that was it. And we got half an hour, you have to build a contraption to shoot an egg from a standing start to as far as you can. Now, luckily... While getting drunk. While getting drunk. Yeah. Well, you see, this is the mistake they made. They did have a wine and beer tent 
and you start quite early on in the day so you don't give a flying far how far the egg goes very quickly but also we were in a field in the middle of nowhere and the toilet was about half a mile away (laughs) (laughs) so one by one as you went to the loo you knew you could have half an hour off because no one would question you just go um i just need to go to the toilet and you'd set off in the direction of the hotel and you knew you could go to the bar have a drink on the company and come back are you a fan of the team building exercise alistair um i i've i've only i've only been team built once and uh, i was i was a bit flippant um in my in the role play act outs and it was it was unwelcome i was just, my job was working as a plongeur or pot washer in the in the canteen of a norwich union so so um, I've come a long way, baby. Wow. Um, and so I didn't really feel like the team building or the customer service. The, I didn't feel like it was <laughs> necessary. Like customer service. All I was doing was trying to wash meat fat off, loop, off trays with lukewarm water. So I didn't feel like I was really a part of the team. I felt like sort of a free agent. <laughs> kind of uh, a Han Solo. Mercenary. Figure. I love it. <laughs> so, but you were still forced to do the still had way to do the team. Do, yeah. Well, it was, it, it, was, it was less exciting. I didn't get to uh, go paintballing or anything. We just no. had to do role play of what might happen in different scenarios, which I didn't... I think that <laughs> I didn't fit in. I really upset someone when I was working there because this it, it is in Yorkshire where the... I don't know if the phrase is used around the whole country where one of the, my co-workers used the phrase, are you winning? Do you know that? Do they use that phrase? Are you in winning? Are you, are you winning? Meaning, Go how's it going? Is it going yeah, well? Yeah, right, okay. And she said, are you winning? And I said, we're all losers here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really upset her and I didn't, didn't mean to. I just thought I was Thing being is, funny. Yeah, but if you're on an away day, team building exercise, you are all yes. losers. There are no winners. You do not get to know anyone better than you did before. You might be slightly more annoyed by certain people because they didn't help you project the egg further than half a metre. Is, re- is, yeah. is it one of those things, though, that if you go through, like, kind of like a, a, a traumatic event with someone that kind of bonds people together, is that the <laughs> no, point? I've never done one myself. No. Well, interestingly, Georgiana and I were once asked to, to run a team-building event. And that's why I, I gave the disclaimer. Like the in which, no, we had to go to a, oh, yeah. <laughs> to go to a hotel, a, a very nice hotel in the middle of nowhere, and it was a, a group of people from a... a, a company in the city, a uh, financial company in the city, and we had to take uh, 10 of their uh, senior executives and make them do stand-up comedy for, in front of a live audience of uh, it was about three or 400, and cameras as well. Oh. Yeah. Incredibly intimidating. Yes. One girl, when she found out that, that she had to do it, actually burst into tears yes, and did. ran screaming from the room yep. because yeah. she was so terrified by the prospect. And in fact, ironically, she turned out to be the best one. She did. Was that her act? People, <laughs> you put people under a little bit of adrenaline like that. Yeah. I mean, it is an extreme sport. Stand it up is. is an extreme sport. Uh, uh, and as you can tell from my muscular build, that's true. Um, <laughs> it's, it's sort of a visual joke. It doesn't really work on a podcast, does it? <laughs> Listeners, rest assured that I am really buff. <laughs> Yeah, Bill. He is Bill. Oh, so, yeah. so James, what, what's the last thing in the world that you would want on a on a desert island? Play-Doh. Oh, no. Play-Doh. Not a fan. Not a fan. Oh, don't like Play-Doh. the smell? It's mostly the smell. Okay. Yeah, don't like the smell. You wouldn't be able to work for Nick Park in his animation. He doesn't use Play-Doh. Because, yeah, but plasticine smells no, like Play-Doh. No, plasticine no. smells all right. Play-Doh smells horrible. You wouldn't be horrible. able to do stop frame animation if you don't like the smell. I would, I would, if Morph 
came into the room, I would leave. <laughs> you, would, you, would, you would literally gag. I would walk away. <laughs> yeah. and, and you can move a lot faster than yeah. that. So because it takes like an hour for him to take a step. Mm. So. But if you're stuck, easily escape. stuck on an island for hours, I would have thought that was exactly the kind of thing you would need. Sand Some castles. kind of creative mm-hmm. construction castles. toy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there's no sand on the island. <gasps> you didn't state that. Well, That's I'm changing it. the... There is, no, is, there is sand. I'm changing it's a desert the mechanic. island. It's a desert island in the sand. But you can't just suddenly do that. Technically, the, the, the Arctic's a desert, so you don't have to have sand snow, for a desert. Snow, <laughs> snowman. Snowman. It could be so cold to turn to ice. No, no, I don't understand Play-Doh. Ice you sculptures. Know, <laughs> ice sculptures, yes. You know you can buy Play-Doh perfume and Play-Doh scented candles. Is this to improve the smell of your Play-Doh or is this stuff that <laughs> smells like Play-Doh? It smells like ah, Play-Doh. But it's the smell of bad dough. No, can I just say the alternative is what my mum did and she used to make us plasticine with flour and water and food colouring. That's mm. what Play-Doh is. It, oh, it really isn't. It when, is. when you're four years Little old and you're going to school and your hands are covered blue mm. because you've been playing with homemade plasticine all weekend, it's not a good start. It's not a team-building exercise. No, no one likes you. So why do you hate it because you've got too much of it at home? Have you banned it at home? I just remember from my childhood, never oh. liked it. Didn't like so the smell. You, so you have not bought ever, any, ever again no, any more Play-Doh? No That's Play-Doh. It. No Play-Doh. No, thank you. That's the rule. Right, I think we've hammered the, sand, the, no, we've the, hammered the Play-Doh into, into the ground There's here. That as so well. I'd like yeah. to know what uh, Alastair would not take with him to the desert island. Last thing in the world. Well, I, the, uh, I, I don't really have an answer because the question, as James put it to me, was... Um, um, what wouldn't what wouldn't you want on a desert island? Oh, well, you and, can have and the that. answer. That would be me. Uh, I would hate. <laughs> I would hate to be on a desert island. Uh, I'm, I'm very pale works. and redheaded. So if I ha- if I have to be there, I don't want the sun to be there. I don't, yeah. I don't want it to be any. I want it to be overcast and grey while I'm there, or it a was, large a large parasol. Uh, people uh, with uh, our colouring um, are actually very good. Um, they don't get uh, wrinkly when they get old because as um, People of um, what? What should we call ourselves? We don't want to call ourselves um, redheaded, do we? Because that would be uh, slightly racist, wouldn't it? Would it? Against <laughs> who? Isn't no. that? Isn't that right? Okay, redheads. We are redheads. I, I love redheads. Mine's but mostly I hate gone. Gingers. Mine's mostly gone. <laughs> I'm an ex-ginger then. It's mostly gone. It's mostly gone white now. But uh, because we tend to stay out of the sun, we will not get wrinkly when we get get old. Oh, it's mostly the wrinkly? sun that makes you wrinkly. Did you know that? Mm. I saw that in a program only today. <laughs> You, you want to know okay. what the last thing I'd want on a desert yes. island? Yeah, go on then. What would you not want on a desert island? Honda Insight. A Honda Insight. <laughs> oh. mm. A Honda Insight. It's the worst car I've ever had. What, what, why? I'd, well, I leased one of these things for, for three years. And when you lease a car for three years, you're stuck with it for three years. Yeah. Even after the first three or four days, you realise it's the worst car you've ever driven. Yeah. I mean, quite apart from the, uh, the fact that when you put your foot on the uh, gas basically nothing happens at all for you know naught to 60 in 15 minutes it's literally that but that wasn't the problem the problem is that these things are made out of literally paper thin metal mm. and in crouch end where uh, where we live there's a sport that kids do and i'm sure you've seen it in london they like to run over the top of cars oh, God, when they've really? had a few beers nothing a londoner likes more than to run over the top of a car and if you run over the top of a vw no problem. You run over the top of an Audi, 
no problem. You run over the top of a Honda Insight, it makes a dent yeah. <laughs> like like a crater on the moon. I mean, these cars are, cannot withstand life in London. You literally have to just lean on them and they dent. Is the is the insight then that life is fragile? Is that the Honda's insight? Uh, it probably is. It probably is. But I certainly don't want one on uh, when you, when you on, say, a, on a desert island. When you say run, is that is that like is it sli- sliding across the bonnet like Gene Hackman in no, no, the, no, they, they, or is it actually they run with your feet? Like they run over, the they run over and then go up and over the next car and they do it down a long line wow. of cars. Tom was nodding when I mentioned that. I think he's yeah. run over the top of a car. I've got a, fe- <laughs> no, I've got a feeling he has. I've put a traffic cone on a car once. No, not, they, run no. over, they run on run. run. Like Michael J. Fox and that old Pepsi advert from the past. You see, yeah. it's romantic when you see it on screen. Yeah, and it's actually yeah. on a lot of adverts don't, now, the people running over cars. Don't run over a Honda. Running people over for years. I think it's about time we turned the tables on them. Well, uh, I think that brings us conveniently to uh, time for a little bit of music. Uh, so uh, over to you, uh, Mr. Tom Bright. Lattes, Bill, lattes, take the edge off her day. She's gotta pick the kids up from school, cause he's working away for a fifth week straight. She's made to wait again. Oh, she's boxed in by boredom He starves her of attention In rare conversation He only ever mentions A big money deals Done over flash fancy meals And champagne And she thinks, is this what we've become? Yes, she thinks, is this what we've become? This is not the fairy tale you promised. Since I said I do, you've been dishonest. Is this what we've become? All the dreams that she shelved Back then she was besotten And then came the wedding bells And now she feels forgotten She didn't give up her life To be this washed out wife And she thinks, is this what we've become? Yes, she thinks, is this what we've become? This is not the fairy tale you promised. Since I said I do, you've been dishonest. Is this what we've Is it the secretary keeping him from home? 
It's the secrecy that makes you feel alone It used to praise her independence And now he feels bound by a hefty sentence And now she thinks, is this what we've become? Yes, she thinks, is this what we've become? This is not the fairy tale you promised Since I said I do, you've been dishonest Is this what we've become? Tom Wright. Tom, what are you up to at the moment? You've got, uh, you got an album out, I believe? Well, I mean, I've just finished recording my first album and it will be out very late in 2018, but there's going to be a load of singles uh, that are going to be coming your way from next month, the first one. And you've got a band month. as well. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a band, uh, so it's Tom Bright and the Dynamite. I love that name. No. Good name. Tom Bright and the Dynamite. So good luck yeah, to uh, Tom Bright and the Dynamite. There'll be another song from uh, Tom at the uh, end of the programme. And uh, <laughs> before that, uh, it's time for Trump News. What have you got for us in Trump News this week? Okay, um, so from 6.45 until bath time, uh, we'll often play <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, he calls it blue running and jump. Um, and how it works is he's holding a disconnected controller and what I'm actually playing the game, but he will take credit for all the achievements, say, like, I made it, I lost the rings, uh, I saved the bunny. Um, now, we got very involved in a particularly difficult level and we came very close to beating Dr. Robotnik, but at the last minute, tragically, Sonic passed away. And in the, in the, the moment, I was excited and laughing and... Ah! And he turned and looked very seriously at me and said, no, not silly, not silly about Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just realised I've, I've read out an anecdote about my toddler. <laughs> that's, that's not Trump news. So there will be more Trump news uh, in the next programme. Done it again. But uh, coming up next, we have, we have books that we haven't read yet. Georgina, what book have you not read this week. This week, I haven't read a book that has the best title of a book. I defy any of you to beat this title. Better than last it's, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Combine novices, blah. <laughs> uh, this is by David Daggett from the USA, and it was written in 1799. Ooh. It is called Sunbeams May Be Extracted from Cucumbers, But the Process is tedious. <laughs> wow. I know, right? Wow, that sounds like... Haven't read it, but really want to. That sounds like the... a 90s dance single. <laughs> Half of it's in brackets. <laughs> and that whole title is on the cover, is it? It is. It is. That is the title of the book. Sunbeams from Cucumbers. It's, it does sound a little bit trippy as well, doesn't it? It does. What was happening in 1799 that was making people feel this and, way? But despite that incredible catch penny title, Georgina, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, still yeah. have not been tempted oh, to actually pick the book up and open it. No, is it because you don't want to spoil... Maybe nothing I... could live up to that title. Yeah, because it's uh, it might it may well be very boring. <laughs> I, know, I know it's not good. If it does explain how cucumbers can get sunbeams extracted from them, I do. I kind of want to know that though because I've got a cucumber at home. 
I wouldn't mind a bit of a sunbeam from it. Isn't I don't there, think you've is got that the There's something though? about the title that reminds me of a title of a play, which is something about Man in the Moon Marigolds. There's a there's a there's a play that was I think it was either in the seventies or the eighties called The Effect of Gamma Rays or Man in the Moon Marigolds. And the reason I know that is because whenever we played charades <laughs> when I was in my <laughs> teens and early twenties, that would always be one of the ones that came out uh, that you had to act out. Effect of gamma rays on man. You, you ever heard of that? No. No. You heard of that? I completely, maybe I dreamt it, Georgina. <laughs> that, that All I sounds... know is that your family are pretty mean during charades if that's a book that they No, I don't you. think it was family. I think they were theatricals. Type oh. I think they were thesps. Say no yeah. more, darling. Yeah. Say no more. So the book I haven't read this week uh, is called Extreme Ironing. Ooh. Yes. Uh, it's by a guy called Phil Shaw. Yeah. Um, I, I can't do it justice without actually reading what it says okay. on the on the jacket. The world's newest adrenaline sport, combining the thrill of extreme outdoor activity like rock climbing, mm. mountaineering, and yeah. scuba diving, mm-hmm. with the satisfaction of well-pressed clothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so participants of the sport are known as ironists. Right. Yeah. And they iron, <laughs> they iron while dangling from rock faces nice. or, or riding rapids. Could be a great film. It is a thing. <laughs> it's it's genuinely a, a thing. The cover of the book has got a, a, a rock, a hazardous rock with sheer faces on either side, and an ironing board on the top with a guy doing his ironing. Now that is fantastic. I, this is a book I'm going to read. Yes. But I haven't. I've not read it yet. Okay. Extreme ironing does that appeal Extreme to you? Ironing. Would you do that? I don't want to iron at all. I don't even do normal iron. No, exactly. <laughs> no. I don't do it in the privacy of my own home, so I'm certainly not going to do it in I've public. never understood the whole premise of ironing at no. all. No. If mm. you wash a shirt and hang it up, yeah. mm. it just dries yep. yeah. ironed, yep. yeah. doesn't it? And people iron pants. They, they iron socks. Yep. What's that? What's that even about? Yeah. And also... Do you the- iron... Do you put iron? No, no, yeah. I no, mean, I can tell just by looking at you. Yeah, I'm not ironed. Do you, do you iron, Alistair? No. I mean, no. I, it's, well, is it... I mean, is it... We're talking about... I was talking about conspiracies earlier. Is that yeah. the greatest conspiracy of all, that you don't need to iron things? And we've just rumbled decades of flattening yeah. clothes yeah. with hot metal. Oh, yes. is the, and, and is this like this book, Extreme Ironing, is that the last chuck of the dice to try and get so. people back yeah. into ironing, like yeah. trying to turn it into some sort it's of. true. No one does it anymore. In the 50s, it was really popular, wasn't it? My grandma used to iron my granddad's underwear. That wouldn't, no one would do that now, would they? No, I saw a bit of Remains of the Day. The oh, film, and right. he ironed a newspaper in that. Oh, yeah. And I, that, I like that. Why? I like a, I like an iron newspaper. I just thought nowadays, like they'd just be ruining iPads. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the sight of a of a butler ironing the morning paper. I couldn't think personally. of a more no. wasteful yes. example of just yeah, like just what's why the... waste your time doing it? Just why? Why would anyone do it ever, ever, ever? After the fifties, no. Alistair, what's a book you haven't read this week? Um, well, I, I, well, I've already told you about some books I haven't read. Um, <laughs> don't tell you mum. Uh, so what, I suppose That's I have, another one. I, I yeah, have but that one. doesn't mean you don't have to do this item. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, I have, I, I've got two things. One is I have decided to not finish a book that I'm in the middle of reading. Oh, oh. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, that's wow. my, my resolution for 2018. <gasps> 
is I am not going to finish Thomas Mann's Magic Mountain. Nice. Because okay. it is very long. Yes. And we're halfway through it, and so far nothing has happened no. in it yet. It's really good. Yeah. And I strongly recommend it, but I'm not going to... <laughs> You'd about, recommend the first half. The, anyway. the whole book is—it's as if like the whole book is about a man who. It, it's like he's just on the edge of sleep, and I read it as I'm going to sleep, and so it takes me. So I just—I never get more than a page through it before falling asleep, and nothing. And nothing. The point of the story is that nothing happens. He's in a place where nothing happens, but literally nothing happens in the story. As it's the really mountain. <laughs> The, the, the mountain, the so mountain far is not yet. magic, magical. It's oh, at no. least it's in there, but you kind of know where it's going there's, then. There's if no it's magic. not revealed as a magic, magic mountain already. Does um, does he iron at any point in any? So far, uh, there's no, no ironing. No ironing. You see, that's where he's gone wrong. I was wondering when we were going to get some callback. Thank you. He finally slit <laughs> one finally in there. cucumbers could replace light bulbs, but I can't think of a way. Yeah, because light bulbs last forever. It's not necessary. Yeah. The a book that I haven't read at all. At all. Is um, is a bu- another book of my mother's, which I would like oh. to read this time, and it is called Understanding Scottish Graveyards, <laughs> which <laughs> I think is, is a, a title and a half. No, uh, but I love a Scottish graveyard. The one at Ed- Edinburgh oh, the, uh, is a Greyfriars Kirkyard. Almost every one of the gravestones has like a skull and crossbones on it, I just know. in case you w- wasn't gravy enough. <laughs> it's got skulls everywhere. <laughs> you know there are, you know you know there are dead people here, right? Yeah. <laughs> skulls. Um, but they have them on walls there as well. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're everywhere. That is a beautiful graveyard. It is, and but also it's a very bodies... leaky one. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it leaks out apparently. Leaks out. Yeah, because oh, yeah, oh. it's like it's like it's really tall on a hill, and you sort of think it was flat to begin when, with. When yeah. So many Scottish people in it. When you say leaks, what I mean. What, people leak. People, yeah. people oh. leak. It's happened in when, really? it, when it rains particularly hard, mm. or you, it which has it, happened in the past. Which it does all the time. Yeah. in <laughs> Scotland. A skeletal hand comes up with a flyer to a comedy show yeah. out of the ground. Does it? No one notices. Everyone ignores it. I've got a bit of an OCD there because outside of that graveyard is the little statue of Greyfriars oh, Bobby. GFB. And I can't go past that without giving it a little pat. And I think no. that if I don't give it a little pat, it's bad luck. No. As it invariably, well, uh, you know, invariably I have had enormously bad luck with shows in Edinburgh. (laughs) Um, So maybe maybe the trick would be to stop Stop patting Greyfriars, Bobby. I think so. I I like that your mum is busy giving you books. Well, the thing I like about it is... She wants to educate you. It embodies an obsession with with, uh, death, uh, uh, which I think is uh, very much uh, my kind of thing, but also... The, the innate belief that all Scottish things are superior to all English things, yes. you know? Like, oh, you don't need a book for English graveyards, but no. it's Scottish graveyards, come Scottish. on, this is for the pros. <laughs> yeah. You better take an instruction manual before but you get there, into it. Yeah, there is a thing where you can go on websites to discover who... Because weren't we... We were, we were in a graveyard once, looking at graves, and there were three what appeared to be sisters buried next to each other, and they'd all died really close to one another apart from one who'd lasted a lot longer and there's a website you can go to and you type in the graveyard that you're in and mm. it will give you the information about the people was that, that you're yeah was she a murderer yes com. that kind mm. of that kind of thing and they actually tell you and we found there's pictures of every separate grave from graveyards all around yeah and every Britain. graveyard well, has been catalogued yeah right. by one system. person fascinating <laughs> it is fascinating. it is anything you haven't read this week uh, james yes uh, I didn't read the, the new, that Donald Trump book, The Fire and the Fury. Why haven't you read it? Well, because uh, I bought it and then <laughs> I also I don't have time to read because I've got a two-year-old. Yeah, so <laughs> did you win? At out? the same time, I bought Fire and the Fury and 
the Mr. Man book, Mr. Nonsense. Oh. Which I thought was quite a nice pairing. <laughs> Do you know what someone was it recommended get, yeah. for you? Yeah. <laughs> someone was showing me a book the other day. They've rewritten the Little Miss and Little Mr. books. Oh, right. And there's Little Miss Shy Goes Internet Dating. Oh. I know. Mm. That's one for the grown-ups, I think, isn't it? So uh, email us, studio at uh, monkeyfingers.co.uk. Tell us what books you haven't read this week. And uh, indeed, well, tell us a, a story that you wouldn't tell tell your mother as well. You could also contact us at monkeyfingersuk on uh, Twitter. And the website is monkeyfingers.co.uk. Moving on to our Panda Spanish. What have you got for us on our Panda Spanish, Georgina? This week, Pablo and Maria, the world's most toxic frogs. <laughs> this is a programme called The Secret Life of Zoos that's set in Chester Zoo. And the uh, Pablo and Maria are the two golden poisonous frogs. It apparently is instant death. Mm. for a human, and um, in tribes used to poison the tips of their arrows with the venom from these frogs. They're that they're tiny. dangerous. They're and they're the size of a thimble. Yeah. Basically, the Inch size big. of a thimble, they're yellow, but Pablo and Maria are not getting on very well, and they need them to procreate. They need them to do what frogs do, do in order to yeah, create do. more frog spawn. They can't, can they poison? <laughs> well, they're going to film it. They, <laughs> yeah, they did. Can they poison <laughs> each other, Georgina? They can't poison each other, but they also can't go with other frogs. But what they did, so basically Pablo, knowing that he's the only male poise, golden poisonous frog, is not making the effort with Maria, and he's just like casually laying back on the sofa flipping football channels, not bothering about Maria. Oh. And so they introduced, in a different segment, with a glass screen in between, they introduced another frog mm -hmm. who called out to Maria. Who wasn't a yellow poisonous Wasn't frog. a yellow poisonous, yeah. but apparently it doesn't matter because but the minute the croak, croak, croak of a randy frog... Did a good frog, impression. Yeah, that's right. Croak, 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 randy frog. Now Pablo pricks up his frog-like ears. Mm -hmm. Do frogs just listen out of holes? And he decides to get Randy and goes in and infiltrates Maria. So we now have poisonous, golden poisonous frog sperm spawn. Oh, God. <laughs> I did it. Frog, well, I was thinking that they should throw them, and this is a dreadful joke, every, everybody. I thought maybe Pablo should get some candles out and show Maria a little bit of frog spawn porn. Yeah, yeah, no, did, it didn't work, did it? Okay. It kind of, it almost did. Frog porn. I think you were a fan pause. of that kind of program, uh, James. I Frog mean, porn. Do, do, you, no, do you watch these kind of <laughs> zooey type programs where they try and force animals to mate, mate. with each other? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't really want to. You know, like pandas don't really like doing it. What, is know. this a particular specific website that you're <laughs> finding these? Videos of them trying to no, force animals no, on each other. No, all these shows TV. are the same. It's all about forcing animals yes. that really don't want to have sex with yes, each other basically, to do that's it, it yeah. to procreate. They, do, they always do that thing when they put and they put some sort of like Barry White type music on it as well, don't they? <laughs> on the thing, and it's it's very awkwardly uh, like yeah, it's very yeah. awkward to watch with your mum. To me, <laughs> if two frogs don't want to get it on. I then think leave them yeah, alone. Leave I think if two of the most leave poisonous frogs yeah. in the world don't want to make more poisonous frogs, yep. venomous, poisonous or venomous? Poisonous. Poisonous. Toxic. Toxic. Yeah. toxic. 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 Yeah. Two toxic Pablo frogs. Pablo and Maria, 
the world's the terrible, most toxic, toxic frogs. frogs. Yeah. yeah, I think we'll be all right with lesser there. Fewer toxic frogs is in is, Chester. I think we're, are you on the same page with us on I'm, that? Absolutely. Fewer I'm, toxic I'm, frogs. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm a, a vegan sort of hippie type, so I, 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 I like I like animals a bit. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not. I Wouldn't bother you. Well, if there were no more golden. I toxic feel like frogs. it's 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 up to them. It's their call. Yeah. It's a, well, it kind of is, isn't but it? But they're spending hundreds of thousands yeah, of pounds on these sorts of programmes, yeah. you know, to stop one very small species going extinct, one small, deadly, unpleasant <laughs> species. So to me, that money could be better spent, maybe saving a more pleasant species, one that's better, nicer to look at, as something a, you could keep as a pet, maybe. <laughs> you can keep yeah. this one as you a can, pet. You could have it as you a guard frog. It. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just, I would like yeah. that outside my house. Just yeah. leap on people as just, they come towards you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. How would that Release work? It, it would the frogs! To, it would have to be running free in your house. Well, no, I would. Be... I think what I'd do is I'd put it on a... I'd somehow attach it to a bit of bungee on the door <laughs> so it could jump and enjoy it and express its <laughs> frogginess. I'll have it also in one of those peanut loose. things, like those snake tricks. Where <laughs> yeah. So you could just, you, just give that to an enemy. Yeah. yeah. Now this... This is weird. Um, the first passengers ever in a hot air balloon were a sheep, a duck, and a cockerel. Did they make the hot air balloon themselves? I did. See, this or is... were they put into it? Well, I was wondered... someone trying to solve one of those problems where you've got to move a bag of corn and several animals. <laughs> yeah, was this was it a team <laughs> building exercise day that was done literally? <laughs> and there's callback number two. Yeah, so can we turn the callback up in here? <laughs> And I was wondering, maybe they won a competition. You know, one of those competitions where you have to finish the sentence. Why I want to go up in the first hot air balloon. And it just happened to be won by a sheep, a duck and a roost. See, why? I, I why that combination likely. of animals? Well, if you've got a sheep and a duck in there, who yeah. thinks better yeah, and well, a rooster? Yes. That's not necessary. It's it not a necessary it's addition. Two birds. And also, why put birds in a hot air balloon? They can fly already. They're not going to appreciate because it. Because then if you were to crash, oh, they're they going to be able fly. to survive. Okay. And Why a sheep? put a sheep so, in so there? So that they could pretend it was a cloud. <laughs> you think, the, you think the, the goose was like the black box of the of it, And it would have been its job to explain what went wrong in the event. I think, it, well, as all I can tell from what happened going to, is that the, the, I think the hot air balloon honked. <laughs> This was carried okay. right through into the space race, of course, wasn't it? Because monkeys yeah. and, dogs and dogs were the first animals to go into space. Lacka. Because we were too scared to actually get in this thing. Because when they, when we first started the space race, you know, and started firing rockets up, the, the man we, in, in it was basically we, ballast. We were not involved in that space race. <laughs> I think we might have put some gravel out of there. But it, it, human beings played no part in those uh, those early space flights. At well, all. They, they literally sat there. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, weren't, they weren't made by a dog. Yeah, but as passengers. <laughs> it wasn't like someone chucked a ball really far and that dog's like, hold on. <laughs> Give me a set. I've got it. Did you know that it was a, it was a lie that Latka survived yeah. and went into space? He actually died on the way up, which actually is better. On the way up? Yeah. Because it, the, oh. No, the communists lied, and obviously, and said that he survived for a while and then just started to death. But it came out very recently that he died on the way up because it turns out dogs don't like that. <laughs> they do not like going into space. If you've so, ever, yeah, if you take... I think it had a heart attack, which is much nicer, actually. Was it like a dog in a car and they put their head out the window? And that <laughs> With the flapping tongue. <laughs> in space. 
<laughs> this is a very good time, I think, to check the flies in the jar. Yes. Actually, please. Um, for anyone who has not heard this uh, podcast before, we have a uh, we have a jar here um, with Careful. some flies in it, and uh, we like to ask our guests to try and guess how many flies they think are in the jar just by looking at it. How many flies are in the jar, uh, Alistair? I they're moving quickly, but I from the, by the sound of it, I think there are twelve. Oh, twelve. Good guess. Uh, what was your guess uh, in the last program? Well, I want to reevaluate it because I think <laughs> that I don't know how, but I think some have gotten out or become invisible. <laughs> um, wait, wait, are you keeping the flies in the jar in between episodes? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no one's free range. And yeah. They're allowed to roam about. No, I'm adding no, bits there's, of sugar. There's holes okay. in the top of the, the yeah. jar, and we and we do feed them. Yeah. So, uh, so you reckon there's fewer? I think there's fewer, and maybe some currants have been dropped in there to, to <laughs> but, but interestingly there's no dead ones in the bottom of the no, jar is no. there exactly so what's, yeah. happen- what's happening to flying currents yeah. <laughs> Ge- Georgina do you want to update your guess um, I, I'm going to say I think there are oh, probably about 17 you see, I agree with, with uh, James. I think there are fewer than there were last week. Okay. And uh, But the fact that there's no dead ones in the bottom, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I'm going to... Well, should I not remove the dead ones, then? Adam, oh, you have been removed. How can you guess if you're the one that tends the jar of flies? Adam, well, because I didn't think they'd want to see the dead flies at the bottom. Adam, how many did you think this week? Well, last week I thought there was between two and three. <laughs> yeah. But I th- I think I'm going to increase my estimate to about 1,200. (laughs) (laughs) Big and small. Uh, Tom, how many flies in the jar do you think? 1,500. This is going to crash dramatically. There is no prize for guessing how many flies there are in the jar, but if you would like to guess how many flies are in the jar, we are studio at monkeyfingers.co.uk. Also, you can contact us on Twitter. We are at monkeyfingersuk. And our website is monkeyfingers.co.uk. So before we go, anything you'd like to give a plug to, Alistair? Uh, yes, please. Uh, I would like to plug a podcast called Lawmen. Tell us a bit about Lawmen. It's, it's a podcast that I do with uh, my colleague James Shakeshaft here. Hello. Is that the same James Shakeshaft <laughs> as the, as on, in the this podcast? The very same James Shakeshaft as is in this That's podcast. Very incestuous. Yeah, you know, I, That's how I got in. I thought I like the sound of this podcast, and then I heard I was in it, and I thought, <laughs> yeah, I really. This sounds amazing. <laughs> Uh, the premise of Lawmen is uh, me and James investigate uh, obscure curiosities from history and local legends. So it's 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 mysteries, but not things like Robin Hood and Loch Ness Monster that you've heard of. It's things that are like famous in just your little village and nobody else has ever heard of or will ever heard of unless two flipping geniuses make a podcast about it. Are this inspired by books your mum has given you that uh, you haven't read. There yet. are quite a few, uh, quite a few old, old tomes about uh, uh, obscure tales from the Scottish. <laughs> I'm not going to get away with that accent. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> so as soon as you uh, finish listening to this podcast, give that one a listen to as well. Oh, Just I to clarify the spelling. Yes, it's L O R E M E N. L O Lawmen, as in folklore. Yeah, I just I didn't realise that it's a it's a pun that really works written down. Yes, I I remember when we came up with the name, and you were very you said you were very excited made you felt feel like a gunslinger from the old west and <laughs> yeah. you, you almost spilled your tea yeah. <laughs> I, I was i was very excited but it had just been slid down the bar <laughs> by miss kitty so you know 
Oh, cool. just a quick caveat. Investigate is quite a strong word. <laughs> what, we what we actually do is one of us tells the other one and then the other one makes fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very sophisticated. So uh, thanks, thanks for joining us, Alastair. Thanks, James. Uh, thanks, thanks uh, Georgina. Thank you. And uh, one more song now from Mr. Tom Bright. Taking over town with the gentrification They get a coffee and keep the receipt Looking down their noses as they walk the street There's a tsunami of suits And we're kicked aside by their shiny boots Working class cast into alienation Penned up like chickens in concentration Sinking in the city Cause capital is key When money does the talking And nothing comes free There's a tsunami of suits And we're kicked aside by their shiny boots. That was Monkey Fingers at the Crypt, written and presented by James Shakeshaft, Georgina Salby, and yours truly, Brian Luff. Our special guests this week were Tom Bright and Alastair Beckett King. Audio engineer was Alan Stokes. Monkey Fingers at the Crypt was produced by yours truly, Brian Luff, and Ricky Barber for Bleach Productions. There's a tsunami of suits And we're kicked aside by their shiny boots There's a tsunami of suits And we're kicked aside By them shiny boots Kicked around by them shiny boots Kicked around by them shiny boots Kicked around by them